Phantomaniacs, welcome to the boost episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about terrifying toys, monstrous movies, mortifying music, and all manner of pop culture. Spookiness. I am your host, Diabolical Dave, and I didn't realize how much extra time it was going to add on to uh, draw all of those words out. Uh, But anyway, I am glad to be here once again with you guys celebrating the spooky season. We're heading right on into Halloween, which is on a Sunday. You know, something I hadn't really thought about uh, because last year was the pandemic and we didn't really have much of a Halloween. And uh, my son, matter of fact, the day I'm recording this, my son turned 14. So trick-or-treating isn't quite the imperative it was a few years ago. So I hadn't thought about, oh, Halloween is on a Sunday and how rotten that is and was when I was a kid and how you'd have to like go out on Friday or Saturday night. And then on Halloween, it's just a normal night where you got to go, go to bed early and go to school the next day. Halloween on Sunday is, is just the worst. Can't stay up late and watch spooky movies. You, you can't do anything. You just got to go to bed and get ready for school. Ugh. Uh, worth worth noting, I thought. Uh, another thing worth noting is that I have the incorrect show notes pulled up right now because I was... I needed my little intro spiel. Uh, all right, here we go. Now I've got my proper show notes with the things that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Puck and Fuppet Show. Uh, last Saturday night, I attended the Halloween Puck and Fuppet Show at the Village Theater in Atlanta. Hopefully, I will be back for the Christmas Puck and Fuppet Show. Uh, that is my plan as of now. And it was absolutely wonderful. There was a creature there named Godric who was just amazing and fun and wonderful to watch on the stage uh we had a blast i hosted games because that's what i do well i'll i mean i'll do anything if you'll give me a microphone but but i hosted games i had a great time playing around with Bo on stage and just it, it was so wonderful to get out and to do a thing and to have fun uh if you weren't there you missed my 
sexy Michael Myers dance, and I'm sorry for that, but maybe you'll make it to the next one. Uh, All right. Please check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, This week, reviews went up for the new Papa Emeritus figure from Super 7, the Violator from McFarlane Toys, and this is a little goofy. So the King Diamond Super 7 Ultimate, I I put that up on Thursday because it was originally supposed to kick off Halloween. And I'll, I'll tell you guys this, because we're all pals here, we're all friends, I don't keep any secrets from you. So this is, and this is cut out of the video, because it was, normally I don't mind looking dumb, because it's funny, it adds to things, it gives people something to comment on or whatever, but this was too dumb. So I'm opening the, the King Diamond Super 7 figure, and it had been a minute since I opened a Super 7 figure, I think, and the, all the accessories were, like, really jammed into the plastic tray. Like, you know how normally you just sort of pop them out? I could not get his hands out. It was just a pain, and I'm on video. And that's one of the elements of doing the live unboxings. Because, I look, I'm doing toy reviews. But part of the element of it and why I, you know, have, have decided, okay, fine, I'll use the term unboxing, is that... Opening it up, that first reaction, that excitement, capturing that, uh, I think adds something to it, rather than it just being a clinical toy review. So that's why I kind of embraced unboxing, even though I I hated that term early on, because it just sounds so doofy to me. Uh, But I realize now that's that's a big element of what I want to put, put into my toy review videos. Uh, So anyway, I'm unboxing this thing, and I have trouble getting the accessories out. And then the figure is just being an absolute bitch. Will not come out of the tray. I'm like bending it in half. I'm I'm afraid I'm going to tear this thing apart. It's ridiculous. I'm struggling. It's making all kinds of horrible plastic tray noises. And that's the thing is you're on video, so you're trying to do everything sort of quickly because you don't want your viewer sitting there like just okay let's get this thing out of the tray now can we can we make this happen what's going on this is boring you don't want that uh but you also want every step of the process finally i realized there's one of those stupid plastic tab things as a matter of fact it might have even been a twist tie it might not have even been those new stupid tabs around his freaking waist but it's like translucent so you cannot see it it's just above his belt and i should have been aware it was there but again i'm filming the video i'm trying to get the thing out i'm focusing on on i don't know i don't know how i missed it it's it's insane uh so i'm i'm losing my mind because i know i want to put this video up because this figure looks incredible uh and finally i realize it's there and i'm like oh wow and am i a dumb dumb i can't believe this but it was so bad and so embarrassingly stupid that i i cut it out i cut it out and put a little uh fast forward dealy and right right where the cut is and it's it's you know watching the video not having that information uh it cuts right after i'm having trouble getting the hand out so the assumption is oh he stopped messing around with the tray and just fast forwarded a little bit which is you know accurate uh, but anyway, that's that's just for you guys, my faithful podcast listeners, uh, who I hope go and check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. 
I am over 500 subscribers now, which is huge because once I get to a thousand, uh, I can monetize. And while I have never been able to successfully monetize anything that I do for the past 12 years, uh, this one with the way YouTube works, I mean, granted the algorithms are all stacked against me, but once I hit that thousand subscribers, I can monetize and at least get a little, you know, a little something uh, to help out around here. Uh, because all of this stuff that I do for free for you guys costs me uh, a not insignificant amount of money. All right, last week, well, th this week and last week, lots of special bonus episodes popped up uh, just timing-wise. Last week, we put up a special uh, bonus episode that was a review of Halloween Kills. Uh, we all hated it unanimously. We The review, we don't just slag it. We, we try and look for some positives, and we find a couple. Uh, but that is a special bonus episode. I didn't want it to be a regular episode. In general, I don't want any Needless Things product to be just straight up talking shit about something. But... Look, if there are five of us who all agree, well, I guess four, because Oz hadn't actually seen the movie yet, but our review made Oz want to see the movie. So if you're mad because we gave it a bad review, well, it made somebody watch it, and that's revenue. I mean, it's probably like half of a cent, but it's, it's we're promoting the movie by talking horribly about it there's no such thing as bad press but anyway it's a it's a really fun episode and i think you'll understand where we're coming from with most of our issues uh and then this week again kind of a surprise special bonus episode that we didn't know we were going to be doing uh, i got together with christian and noel on audible interlude a gi joe podcast and we ran down all of the reveal all the gi joe reveals from PulseCon. uh we didn't have any idea what to expect, so we did not plan a recording. Uh, and then basically as the panel was going on, or, or later in the day, as we were doing pre-orders maybe, uh, we kind of all agreed like, yeah, we got to get together tomorrow and, and record. So uh, the Audible Interlude PulseCon, uh, special mission PulseCon is available wherever you get your podcasts uh, through Anchor Podcasts. Uh, so that is out there. Please check that out. Uh, what else did I want to discuss? The Puck and Fuppet Show was kind of the big thing. Uh, Halloween right around the corner. Today's episode, today's very special episode, we are going to talk about ghosts. We're going to talk about our favorite ghosts. We're going to talk about uh, sort of our personal histories with ghosts. We're just going to have uh, a lot of fun having a ghosty good time. Well, we already had a lot of fun having a ghosty good time. But now you guys get to hear the fun ghosty good time uh paul the rest of PulseCon, i gotta say in my opinion gi joe completely stole the show uh there were a few things here and there but i gotta tell you nobody came even close to creating the excitement that gi joe created uh for me i really liked there are a couple of animated figures like based on the 90s X-Men animated series that Marvel has coming out in these awesome VHS uh, cases. They're doing Wolverine and Jubilee. They're in like a sort of cell-shaded style that's reminiscent of the 90s cartoon, uh, the X-Men cartoon. And 
the price was a little better than that. It was, it was there $26.99 each. And let me just tell you, this VHS packaging is a big selling point because it's recreating covers that were actually used on the old VHS releases. Uh, and they, they just look awesome. The, those were probably the coolest Marvel Legends things that I saw. Uh, the, the Toy Biz 20th Anniversary figures are way overpriced. The Captain America looks great, but there's no reason whatsoever... Uh, for these things to be as expensive as they are, let me hang on. Let me uh, pull this up here and see what we're dealing with. Uh, nope, that's oh yeah, they're re-releasing Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers Captain America MCU figures, which uh, you know again, okay, that's cool, but but why so much? Uh, so the oh wow, the Toy Biz ones might be sold out. I feel like they were thirty-two dollars. Uh, which that's another thing to mention, and, and we'll probably do that in November when I'm not trying to keep it spooky. Uh, toy prices are going up, you guys, and, and it's it's hurting. It's hurting bad. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit more about PulseCon next week. Maybe I won't remember to do that at all. But it was a really fun couple of days, checking in and out, sort of. And like I said, the G.I. Joe, you want to check out that, ep- that special bonus episode of Audible Interlude. And then next week, we will have the November episode of Audible Interlude available, wherever you find your podcasts, uh, where we'll... We've got a few more thoughts about PulseCon, but then we've got all kinds of other segments and fun G.I. Joe-oriented stuff going on. Uh, So check that out. People who don't even like G.I. Joe, or or aren't even necessarily G.I. Joe fans, uh, enjoy the show. So that's, that's a pretty good endorsement there, right? All right, you guys, I think that is everything I've got for this week's intro. It is time now to grab yourself your favorite spooky beverage, mine... My preferred beverage is still Ace Pumpkin Cider, the very best alcoholic beverage I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, But grab whatever you like. Grab some Witch's Brew, Devil's Blood, uh, water out of a stump at midnight in the moonlight, whatever that deal is, and uh, enjoy Needless Things talking about ghosts. it's halloween and it's time for needless things special halloween episode this year i wanted to do something uh that paid tribute to perhaps the most classic and traditional of halloweeny characters and that is the ghost that's right just ghosts (laughs) no just like that uh we're gonna Woo-hoo. go around. We're gonna. It's <laughs> literally just gonna be an hour of us making ghost noises, <laughs> battling chains and shit. Boo, <laughs> y'all! So uh, <laughs> I'm a ghost, y'all. So we're just we're gonna talk about ghosts. We're gonna talk about some of our favorite ghosts. Uh, we're just gonna wherever the conversation takes us. I didn't want this to be anything too specific. Obviously, we're going to run down lists a little bit, but I, I want to start off by just talking about ghosts in general. 
but I guess I should say who's here, huh? We, we should introduce ourselves since this is a little different crew. We've done a few things before, but let's start with Oz. Welcome back. Hey! This is a non-Dragon Con related episode. You're just here. I, I know. It's exciting. It's going to be fun. No, it and, is uh, I, no, I, I mean, I told you before, I want to do, I want to do more, whatever. We'll, you know? We will get you doing more. Uh, oh. Also joining, joining us from a galaxy, from a spooky galaxy far, far away. Beth, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me back. Are there any, oh my gosh. I, that was kind of sultry. I, I totally, I totally overlooked a pick that would be great. I might have to change my list. Uh, and then finally, the lovely cadavers, the world's cutest couple uh, who literally agree in every message they ever send, whether they know they're doing it or not. That's <laughs> not accurate. It's pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> we disagree sometimes. We disagree a lot. There was one oh. today. I don't, can't even remember what it was now. I didn't make a note of it like I did with the last one. Uh, but there was something where you guys literally responded with like a very, very similar thing at the same time. It was, yeah, it was adorbs. If anybody I, do have, be... I just realized that my nails, my thumbs both say boo. Look. Perfect. Oh, my God. Excellent. That's for the listeners. <laughs> this is very exciting. My thumbs say boo. They're, and I have ghosties and, and spooky nails. So we're going to talk about ghosts tonight, as was mentioned. But before we get into sort of our favorite ghosts, do you guys remember, because I, my assumption here is most of us will have discovered ghosts kind of in the same place or like the idea of a ghost or whatever. Uh, I think most of us probably from Scooby-Doo, that was our first exposure to experience with ghosts, uh, except for Oz, who likely saw a ghost etched on a stone tablet. Uh, <laughs> And except for Ryan, whose uh, first experience was probably the Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Do you, can we just get into it? Like our yeah, first absolutely. Movie? Okay, so, uh, I mean... So it I wasn't the live-action Scooby-Doo movie. No, no, no. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, so, I just remember very early on, and I think it's because, like, my my dad and mom are both like a little like superstitious uh and like you know that like i kind of grew up just believing that ghosts were like real like it was like a thing like something uh, you were gonna have to deal with like that's just it's like quicksand it's like it's right. gonna be everywhere it's just how it is <laughs> oh quicksand um, dude yeah yeah so i uh, you know i just accepted that like yeah people die and sometimes they turn into ghosts like whatever <laughs> that's how it is um but like I've had plenty of ghost experiences uh, as an adult, or at least unexplained experiences as an adult. Um, but, like, I do remember as a very, very small child, probably, like, four or five is one of my earliest memories. So this was, like, like a year or two ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at my my old house in Warner Robins, I remember getting up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and walking down a hall and seeing a green face in the bathroom staring back at me of a man. That's horrifying. Face. And Are you I'm, sure it wasn't your face? No. Yeah. My face isn't green. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but it how drunk a, were you at the time? I was four. <laughs> so very <laughs> drunk. Very. 
Anyway. Anyway. I missed that part. <laughs> Apparently. It was one of my earliest memories, but like I remember seeing a green floating face down the hall from the bathroom staring at me. I screamed. I ran to my room. Like my parents were like, what's going on? And I'm like, I saw somebody like in the bathroom, like staring at me. And I still don't know what it was. Like everyone it was the neighborhood pedophile. Looking oh, through the window. Why, why are y'all not listening to the full story? He was loaded <laughs> and green. Because it's the- it was it was just another drunk ass four year old Ryan story. <laughs> yeah, you know all those drunk ass four year old Ryan stories. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, no, it's a no hard, whiskey you know. Ryan. They used to call you. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't I don't know. Old green space. I don't know if there's anything to that, but uh, I I remember the image clearly, or at least what my brain thinks I saw. So yeah, it, it yeah. Now, did you ever see it again? No, not that particular thing. I've had other things after that, but I, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical, but I do believe in a lot of shit. Right. I was my my first. I, I br- obviously I brought up the Scooby Doo because I think I'm I'm pretty sure that was my first real like here's what a ghost is even though for the purposes of our conversation tonight scooby-doo does not count because usually those ghosts are actually people and we're just talking Zombie about Island, it was always somebody in a costume right uh and and right. they changed that over the years but uh tonight we're only talking about real ghosts uh did you just see a ghost what just <laughs> happened the dog oh, was making a noise I'm sorry. Outside the nicole just I'm got this crazy look on her face, face. Wow. What? Uh, so, it's, so anyway, uh, and and throughout life, because I've always been uh, open to things. I'm not going to say a believer necessarily, but I'm not going to say there are no ghosts. There are no, you know, aliens. There are, you know, like, I'm not going to rule out anything. I've always been very open to experiences like that. And I, I can't honestly say... I've had a whole lot. The only one that stuck out in my mind when I knew we were going to be talking about this is actually when we went up to Corpsewood Manor and the feeling up there legitimately got very different and very heavy at a certain point. Uh, we all felt something change in the air. 100%. And I, yeah. And, and that's... That's really the only time I can for sure say that I experienced something that could be considered outside of the norm. And I, you know, I've always, my whole life, I've had my eyes to the sky for UFOs. I've, I've been in, in dark places and I've been, I've been in like creepy, uh, Hey, I've been in creepy like basements and stuff and abandoned buildings that were like, I've had feelings of dread, but I've never had anything that was as as distinctive and seemed to be coming from outside of me in the way that 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 feeling at Corpsewood Manor was. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I still can remember that feeling and it was really odd. It was very, yeah, it was very intense and very different from anything that I'd felt in my life. Yeah. Who else? Whoever. So... As far as like when I became aware that ghosts were a thing, like my mom was always really like kind of hippy dippy um, and would really believe in like entities and ghosts. And I remember her telling me stories as I was a kid 
about like some ghost experiences that she, you know, said that she had had. So um, I think it was my mom that really kind of got those ideas into my head. And as far as me personally, the first time I really feel like I had a significant experience was in high school. I was like 16, 17. I was driving age. um, And there was, and this sounds like an urban legend, but there was an abandoned insane asylum um, in like a town over from where I went to high school. Uh, It closed down in the 1970s. And the stories, of course, the story in my high school was that it closed down because a doctor went crazy and killed six of his patients. Um, I no, think that's the only went, reason they closed asylums. Yeah, yeah. I think it closed because right. of funding issues, but um, <laughs> that's not as fun. No. Yeah. So um, it was one of those things that like the teenagers would go and check it out and stuff. So one night, you know, we went down there. Um, we climbed in through a broken window in like the basement level. And it is an intensely spooky place on the basement level there's a whole bunch of like solitary cells with like metal doors and tiny little windows in them um super creepy there's still like all the equipment is still in this place uh, or was still in this place which is really weird there's all these like old-timey like wheelchairs there was shock therapy stuff no, I didn't see anything like that. It was just like random equipment. Some of it was like a lot of it was broken because like kids would go there and vandalize stuff. Right. But there was wheelchairs there. I remember very distinctly there was a couple of cribs, like baby cribs, but they also had bars on the top, which because again, this was from the 70s. So mental health treatment was very different then. Right. Um, well, and also it's alive. You got to remember how many it's alive babies were being born. Apparently, in the 70s, a lot. Yeah, because there was like them. two of these things. It was very weird. Um, you but could go into like, Kmart so and buy cheap. one of those like iron bar cribs, they were just common. <laughs> I know <it's, laughs> they, they need to make a comeback, but there was still like um boxes of cereal in like the pantry room, like closed boxes. It was super was weird. It, right? Was it booberry? <laughs> No, it, was not. it was like raisin bran probably why it was uh, still there boring um and there was it was really weird because there was one room that was completely burned out inside the room but outside the room there was zero evidence of fire like nothing like even licking around the door frame but this one room was completely charred so weird stuff so then anyways we, we go and we explore this whole thing and at one point we're up on like the second or third floor and i was standing there with the guy was dating and a couple other friends of mine and one of my buddies says, what's that? And we all turn and look down the hallway and in like, there's like a relatively long hallway and a doorway to a stairwell. Um, And there was just a full body like apparition in the stairwell. And I'm like, holy shit. And I turned my flashlight to it and it was just then it was just gone so was it in my imagination maybe i don't know i was 16 year old in a very spooky place but it felt very very real um and then after that as an adult i actually was a member of a ghost hunting group and we would do a whole bunch of cool stuff and we had a a few like small experiences that were pretty neat but um nothing that's gonna like change anybody's life but yeah i've always been very interested in the possibility because i think that it's 
the possibility of ghosts existing opens up so many other questions about like life and what happens to us afterwards and you know is there something else out there that all that shit so it's it's fascinating to me i gotta say when i was 16 i don't know if i would have been more scared of going into that place or of like going in there and then getting busted and getting in trouble with my parents (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't know which thing would have been the thing to keep me from doing it, but it, it would have been one of those. Right. I was, I, I, I didn't give a lot of shits when I was 16, but I will say this as a part of that story. So the group that I was with, we all just wanted to explore. We were all being, uh, for being like 16 year olds, we were all being chill and cool. And we explored the whole place and we came back down to the first floor. And then another, uh, like another one of our friends and then some of his friends that was like, side group people. oh that's the and worst this is always a problem every single time yeah and they came right. in there and the first thing he did when we walked up the stairs from the basement level there was a, a tray of like teacups and shit and he picked one up he's like uh nice cups fucking sucks and like threw it against the wall and smashed it and again i'm in a really creepy atmosphere so I, you know i'm probably imagining this but it felt like the whole vibe of the place changed and all of a sudden, it started feeling really, really negative. And I don't know if it just felt really negative because I was with an asshole. He pissed, or what. He pissed the ghost off. But yeah. I literally, I, I said, I'm the fuck out. And turned around. And I was like, anybody that's riding with me, come on, let's go. And I walked immediately out of there. And they stayed in there and like. Died. Oh. Dumb shit. No, unfortunately, <laughs> they didn't. Never speed again. <laughs> but yeah, I, I completely unasked the place. I wasn't going to go there and disrespect the place. I just thought no, it was no. shit. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right. So that's my 16-year-old ghost story. Somebody else. Well, here's the thing. I've always believed in ghosts. Like my my mom was like kind of a hippie mom as well. And, and, you know, she was always talking to me about psychic connections and and that sort of thing. And so I've always believed in ghosts. But the crazy thing is I didn't have like any kind of four-year-old drunken experiences. <laughs> um, my, all, all of my paranormal uh, experiences have been as an adult um, and fairly late. Well, fairly late in life. I mean, my first one that I can really... The late paranormal really, bloomer. <laughs> right. My first one, I think that I can really remember is um, I was in Israel and we went on the on top of Masada. Now, I don't know if you know the story of Masada, but there was a Jewish encampment there um on top of it's kind of on top of a mountain and like already a pretty spiritually heavy place yeah oh absolutely and then the you know there was there was uh roman camps all around and they were the they were going to storm masada and you know because the the jews were holed up there and um what happened was they ended up committing suicide like mass suicide so the romans would wouldn't take them um as the romans were storming the uh the the uh the mountain so just walking you take you take like this tram up up there and just walking around in there and like sitting there's like these stone benches and i just sat on the stone bench in this room of these ruins on masada and i felt a whole bunch of people man like i that they were i felt there i felt pain and anguish and and i ex, you know on, on 
on some level experienced what they went through, what they had to have gone through to make that decision, you know? Um, yeah, it was insane. I mean, I just really felt them, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and after that, I mean, I've had all, I think I've, I've told y'all before about the old city jail here in, in Charleston, um, which is haunted as fuck. And I've, I've definitely, um, I definitely felt presence is there. I actually, Ryan and Nicole, I think I told you this: the, the our house in Pine Lake, the the old woman that used to live there. Um, I think she's still there because I used to feel her every once in a while, and I, I saw shadows. Um, and I think I think she's still there. I don't know now, but I mean back when we lived there. Um, so yeah, I've always. I've always believed in ghosts. Uh, I've, I've had enough experience, personal experience that they're, I, they're real. I mean, they're, the energy, people leave energy. Right. Some people, leave, right. not everyone. Some people just go, but, but because of traumatic experience or for whatever reason, some people leave their energy here, man. In my, in my opinion, in my belief. Beth, what about you? Any spooky stuff? Or, or go back to the beginning. Was I right about Scooby-Doo or is there something else? I, you're probably right about Scooby-Doo. I can't think of anything else. Even though they weren't technically ghosts when I was watching Scooby-Doo, I can't remember there being an actual single monster or ghost ever when I watched Scooby-Doo. Right, right. But that's probably, I would say, when I knew what ghosts were supposed to be. Yeah. And Terry always calls me the scully to his molder but it's not that i don't believe it's just that i've never had anything happen i'm open to it like we've toured the cemeteries in charleston at night and we've toured saint augustine and and the fort there and all that's supposed to be haunted and you know while terry is like every picture he takes he's like ghost orbs ghost orbs it's, it's a lunch player honey there's a ghost behind you right now your door is moving your door is opening and closing <laughs> it better be a kid Hey, uh, uh, you may not have a PKE meter, but Ryan can tell you a really cool app. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's ghostapp.com. Is it 100% accurate? And yes. When a, when, a, yeah. when a ghost is in the vicinity, it goes... Then you know. It's a party ghost. It's a drunk baby ghost. That is the best kind of ghost to find. Uh, all right, so, <laughs> so now uh, we're going to talk about our favorite ghosts and we've each got lists and, and some of us even have notes uh, to sort of run around and, and just talk about some of our favorite pop culture ghosts. And I'm curious to see what you guys have come up with, where you've drawn from, because obviously they've permeated every form of media, cartoons, TV shows, toy lines, like everywhere you can find ghosts. And I'm interested to see where you guys pull your, uh, your your different ghostly figures from. So let's start. I didn't do my list oh. like I normally do. Oh, shit. Hang on. I need my note card. I got to keep track of who says what and when. Uh, as much as I want to start to lay claim to one, uh, we're going to let Oz start since... Uh, he started on this earth before any of the rest of us, and uh, chances are he's going to be a ghost long before any of the rest of us. <laughs> Jesus Christ! God damn! It's like a dark turn fast. It feels like any day now. 
He's old. I'll keep you posted. I am old. <laughs> Fuck you, Dave. Okay. Um, here, okay, so you're talking about Scooby-Doo. This is kind of your first uh, ghost experience or ghost, you know, introduction to ghost. Well, mine was actually Casper. Okay. Which oh, is, well, that's you know. Casper's been around since the 40s. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I love you. Best friends forever. Okay. <laughs> so he's in the market for a new best friend now. <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm not. No, I'm not. All right, listen. Um, so there was this TV show in Phoenix uh, growing up when I was a drunken four year old, uh, and it was called the Wallace and Ladmo Show. <laughs> Right. What? And it was this, it was like a variety, a kid's variety show. They did like little games and stuff and, and whatever. And they showed cartoons. Well, one of the show cartoons they showed was that was um, was Casper. It was actually, I think, the new Casper cartoon show, which is the second kind of version of a, of a car, uh, Casper's cartoon. Before it was comics, obviously, I think in the 30s, it was first whatever. Yeah, I think he started um, in in. Uh... Oh gosh, what is the company called? Uh, was it, is it Harvey Comics? Harvey, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, that was my introduction. Now, obviously, Casper is a very friendly ghost, and and you know he wants to be everyone's friend. Of course, he had his uncles who were trying to get him to be the a Boo Brothers. Ghost. What's that? The Boo Brothers. The Boo Brothers, right? Um, trying to get him to be an actual scary ghost, and he had you know. No truck with that. He 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 wanted to be a, a friendly ghost. Um, so yeah, so Casper was definitely my my first introduction to to ghosts. And now it's obviously not a a scary ghost, but I was you know I was just a drunken four year old at the time. So, <laughs> I, um, but yeah, there was um, I, I I now the thing is I've never seen the ninety five film Casper with Christina Ricci and whatever. Um, which is kind of sad because I'm I really like her. Um, but did any of y'all see it? Yeah, it's good. I didn't see it, and I really like never it seen it. I I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, uh, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah, I kind of want to. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, you know, I want to. I, I different. I, I I think I may have seen bits and pieces as well, but I yeah. I mean, after looking into this, I was like, oh shit, I need to go and actually watch that whole movie. So I might do that. Um, so anyway, that was that's mine. That's my first one, Casper. Well, and Casper's a great pick because I mean, obviously, it's a uh, he's a character that's endured for decades now because, like you said, started off in the Harvey comics whenever the the thirties, forties, whenever it was. Uh, maybe the six, maybe the sixty. Is it thirty three? Was it really thirty three? Was it the first? Yeah. Oh my gosh! So yeah, and and still, you know, to this day, Casper shows up. Uh, whether it's selling cornflakes or in movies or cartoons or whatever the case may be, uh, he's, he's still around. Uh, and then right. there is that appeal of, you know, he's, he's a ghost, he's mysterious, but he's not going to hurt you. He's a nice little right. fella. He's a non-scary yeah. ghost. And there are plenty of those as we'll probably discover as we go through this list. Uh, all right. Excellent way to start us off. Uh, Beth, what is your, one, one of your, favorite ghosts well since you made me narrow these down to a ghost from a thing 
I will go ahead and start because I still haven't picked from my other ones. Um, I will <laughs> go ahead and start with one I didn't mention earlier, and that is Nearly Headless Nick from the Harry Potter series. Oh. So in the books, he obviously has a much bigger part than he does in the movies, even though he is wonderfully played by John Cleese. D- doesn't everybody? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially the adults. And I get it. It's a kid's movie. But, you know. So Nearly Headless Nick in the books, has he, he has a death day party, which is mopey and horrible um he's trying desperately to get invited to the the headless hunt which sounds like a cool thing to be involved in they show a little bit of one of them in the movie but not enough he is also extremely helpful and gives them all kinds of hints all the time to things helps lead them in the right direction but then helpful in a more kind of paternal way in that when Sirius Black dies he tells Harry that you know ghosts ghosts are here because they've they're not happy. The happy ones move on. The content people move on. And Sirius would have moved on and not become a ghost, which was kind of heartbreaking a little bit all over again after you're just getting over the death of Sirius Black. Right. So I, I think all the ghosts from Harry Potter are pretty good, but nearly headless Nick is the standout, obviously, because he helps them the most since he's their house ghost. Yeah, in the books, he's like one of the best supporting characters, but then to be played by John Cleese in the movies, like even though he didn't get much to do, it's, it's great. Like that's a pretty solid piece of notoriety. Mm-hmm. And if, if there somehow had been a Harry Potter, like NES game, nearly headless Nick would have been the character that like sort of floated out and just floated for a second in front of your players, like your little characters on the screen and gave you a text bubble tip. And then, like, floated away. Right. He definitely would have been one of those. <laughs> I'm thinking of the style of, like, the DuckTales game. Yeah. He's oh, yes. right, right. like the house uncle. Like, he really does. He, he helps out. He cares about the, the kids. He's a pretty awesome character. Another friendly ghost. That's really cool. Yeah. He is a friendly ghost. Absolutely. I have some I have some scary ghosts coming up, but I thought I'd start friendly to keep with Oz's vibe. We got to ease into this. We don't want to scare Ryan. I'm already scared. <laughs> <laughs> He'll spill his drinks everywhere. Uh, all right, so Ryan, you're up next. Uh, yeah, so I got to go with the ghost of the most, Beetlejuice. I mean, he rules. Beetlejuice is classic. Uh, it's one of those movies that I revisit every few years, and I'm like, damn, this movie really holds up. It it like gets better every year. I, I don't know it's how. Solid, yeah. Um. I have a long history with Beetlejuice. Uh, I remember like, you know, I watched it a lot as a kid. I I also grew up with the cartoon. uh, So I still love that cartoon. I love the animation style of it. The Beetlejuice cartoon. I thought it was great. Um, You know, I like, I think I may have, I may have even seen the cartoon first and was like a little confused at why Beetlejuice was such a dick in the movie, but he was kind of (laughs) cool in the cartoon. Um, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I love Beetlejuice. Uh, one of my first Halloween costumes was this like mask that I actually wouldn't mind having now. Which it was this like rubber Beetlejuice mask. It was like a half mask, but you had a pump with it, and you would push the pump. And oh, and the pop out. Yes, yes, yes. that was. Oh, that right. Was awesome. So uh, Beetlejuice was one of my first Halloween costumes too. So uh, yeah, yeah, Beetlejuice for sure. And we just did the Halloween Horror Nights haunted house, and it was like literally like walking into like. Tim Burton's brain. It was insane. Oh my gosh. Oh, really cool. 
Uh, yeah, Beetlejuice was one of my picks, uh, but I've got plenty more. But it, my grandfather took me to see it when it came out. We went and saw it in the theater, and it's definitely not a traditional Southern grandpa movie. But he was a good dude, so you know we we stuck through it. He took me to see he, that Dick Tracy. There were a few others that I knew weren't really well. He was excited about Dick Tracy until it started. Because he grew up with he grew up with Dick Tracy, so like he right, was excited right. to see it. Uh, but Beetlejuice, it was just I, I wanted to be Beetlejuice after watching that movie. When it came out, I was twelve years old, very impressionable kid. Like anything that came out that was cool, I just wanted to be it. And it was it was such a unique, strange thing and i think when it came out i had no idea it was the same guy that directed peewee's big adventure like i don't feel like that was knowledge i would have recognized in any way uh probably didn't really know who michael keaton was at the time i I wouldn't imagine but it was I, i just felt this movie was so me everything about it spoke to who I felt like I was, who I felt like I was becoming, the things I was interested in. And, and it's just a remarkable thing that it even happened. Uh, the the look of Beetlejuice, his makeup look was designed by V. Neal, who is a yeah. Hollywood makeup legend. Right, right. Um, and I mean, look at, look at what he got. He got, you mentioned the animated series, but he also was in, uh, incorporated into a Universal Studios stage show with the Ghostbusters. Yes, I remember which, that. I got to see. Uh, oh, really? I believe we went in 1990, and I got to see that stage show. And even then, I thought it was terrible because I didn't want this like ridiculous musical thing. I thought it was going to be like, like in in hindsight, I just didn't have the life experience to appreciate it like I should have. Um, but and and. Uh, an interesting note that I found while I was looking stuff up for Beetlejuice is originally Tim Burton wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to play Beetlejuice. What? <laughs> That's wild. That's really wild. Is it was that real? It, yeah, that is a, that is real. Uh, David Geffen uh, is actually the one who recommended Michael Keaton, who Tim Burton was not familiar with at the time. And obviously their relationship uh, you know, went on from that point. Uh, but it it is. It's just this magical, unique movie that Ryan, like you said, holds up to this day. Like it it's it it's timeless. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's obviously right. still significantly popular because they just did the the haunted house this year. And yeah, absolutely. Halloween has Beetlejuice shit everywhere now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's just, well. Yeah, if you go to Spirit Halloween right now, like yeah, one of their big features this year is Beetlejuice. Yep. Uh, NECA has done an action figure. I sure wish they'd do a new one. I did. Um, mm-hmm. Loyal Subjects is doing new figures based on the cartoon. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, there's. I mean, it, it is. It's it's a tremendous movie, and I, I think part of the timelessness of it is that almost all of the prosthetics and, and effects and everything are practical. Um, Burton wanted everything to look sort of cheap and campy and tawdry. So right. when you look at it, it doesn't look like it's of its era. It just exists as its own weird thing. It just feels like Tim Burton's thing, like his yeah. universe of like, cause like to me, like that and Edward Scissorhands and a lot, like a lot of his early stuff all has this look that's untouchable. Like 
It's like a parallel dimension. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, yeah, absolutely. But to get back to the ghost himself, uh, Michael Keaton, what a, what a strange thing he did to create this character that we all love. Who's literally one of the most off-putting characters of, of pop culture. Like just this crass, disgusting, uh, almost murderous at points yeah gross looking creature uh but you you just gotta love him yeah in the the haunt that we just went through you know you walk in there and there's um a beetlejuice standing like overhead looking down on the crowd and like basically talking shit and as we're going through there he starts aggressively and grossly hitting on me and talking <laughs> shit to Ryan yeah. as we're going through <laughs> yeah. he like Beetlejuice was hitting on you? Oh yeah, yeah it, it was, was Beetlejuice so was trying funny. to figure out yeah um, that's kind of hot as we're walking through and he's like saying shit to me and then he starts talking shit about Ryan to like win me over it was so funny yeah it was <laughs> it was actually like I was like this is a dream yeah <laughs> it was great any other thoughts about Beetlejuice? I, I actually had the movie down, but I had chosen the Maitlands just because I love their their bumbling innocence and the way that they, even with a handbook, can't figure out how to ghost. Yes. Right. I, I find them more endearing. And I think obviously that's the point is that they are supposed to be endearing yeah. to Beetlejuice's grossness. But I, I find so naive to his influence. That I will say that seance scene with her face, like all like that still creeps me out. Like when she's getting all crumbly. I oh yeah. Oh yeah, wasn't that right? Right. Yeah, it's up it's upsetting. It is. When when they start is. withering away. I, yeah. it, it is. And and the I think the worst part of it is that it's not like Otho is upset. He it's not really what he wanted when he sees what he's doing. He doesn't want that. Like every like it, it very very effective the way that everything in that movie was handled. It, Absolutely. Beetlejuice is a legend, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, <laughs> it had to be mentioned. Yeah. All right, Nicole, you are up next. <sighs> I've got so many good options, but I think I'm going to come out the gate strong with Candyman. Oh, interesting. Because he's not probably usually thought of as a ghost. I thought about it for a while before I added him to the list. But, I mean, he's dead. He's been dead for a long time. Um, You know, he doesn't necessarily haunt, but he sort of does because you can go to a place and summon him. Yeah. So it's not like he's really just anywhere. He's tied to Cabrini Green. Um. And you can summon him. So, I mean, to me, like a spirit that is tied to a place is a ghost. Well, and it's it's very much a case of because one of the through lines for a lot of of haunting or ghost stories is that somebody has drawn the attention of a malevolent specter. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially mm-hmm. what you do when you say Candyman is you're drawing his attention and he yeah. attaches to you. So he's haunting you. And he right. has the perfect tragic ghost story. Yes. Um, you know, of, of falling in love with the, the wrong woman and being tortured and murdered and his hand cut off. And, you know, uh, just he's, 
he has the like how could you not haunt a place after something like that happens to you right Uh, and he's such a sympathetic monster you know despite having a, a a massive open chest it's not even a chest wound it's his whole chest just open crawling with bees chest hive very very sexy ghost yeah, it actually, I thought of Candyman because uh, Ryan and I had a discussion um, as to whether or not the Hookman was a ghost. And uh, it, we came to an agreement. He said, the yeah, urban, he's not. Urban the urban legend. Oh, the, the, the hook hanging on the door. That's a crazy yeah, one right. of my yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's a ghost. Ever. But yeah, and, and I was like, you know what? You're right. He's not a ghost. He's like the escape mental patient, yada, yada, yada. But then I was like, but there is another hook, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it made me start Solid. thinking about Candyman. So I, I was like, absolutely. Real real quick side story that relates to all this. When I was a kid growing up in my old spooky house that we used to live in in, in North Georgia, uh, old ass house, uh, my dad would tell me that there was a man that lived there named Jack Cleaverhand. And if I got oh my out gosh. of line, if I got out of line, he would uh, he would come visit me, and uh, <laughs> that's man, not that's something scary. you tell a child. That's borderline abuse, Larry. Right. Wow, pretty funny now, but <laughs> poor drunken four year old Ryan. Yeah, I was like sitting there all drunk and I was angry, all drunk and afraid of Jack. La- Larry, Larry, you can't tell him that sort of thing. It's going to upset him. You you just can't do that. No, it's okay. I gave him a couple of shots of whiskey. He'll he'll be fine. He'll be fine. (laughs) All right. Uh, This is tough. I don't know what I want. I do know what I got. I know what I have to go with first because I got the rug pulled out from under me earlier today with Beth trying to trying to grab up every single ghost from this movie. (laughs) They're all great. But speaking of rugs. My pick, my first pick, is Johnny Bartlett from The Frighteners. Son of a bitch. Oh. <laughs> um, this 1996 movie by Peter Jackson uh, featured Jake Busey as the Grim Reaper, a.k.a. Johnny Bartlett, who is a serial killer ghost. Also the ghost of a serial killer. Uh, if you haven't seen The Frighteners, you got to see it. It's the time of year to watch it. It's another one that despite having mid-90s effects, the way that they were used, uh, it, it holds up. It looks great. You don't sit there and think like, oh, this looks like Beast Wars or whatever. Like, it's it looks fantastic. But Johnny Bartlett, you know, not only a terrifying ghost, but you get these two different aspects of him as the movie goes on because he starts off as a literal... Uh, visual of the grim reaper as he's claiming his victims complete with a big scythe and swooping through the air with a cloak and looking like a evil skull face goon and then as michael j fox's psychic character sort of uncovers the mystery of what this grim grim reaper is eventually we get the reveal that it is uh the the former serial killer the executed johnny bartlett uh, played by Jake Busey, who is a, we'll just say, intense-looking dude. Anyway, right. and comes from intense genes. Uh, yeah, scarier than the Reaper, actually. Uh, yeah. And the movie takes this interesting turn because it turns out that uh, Johnny Bartlett's girlfriend, who is still alive, 
totally knows what's going on, is down with him, and they're in this crazy, like, murder relationship of this ghost and this living human woman, uh, played by D. Wallace Stone. And just Bartlett is such a, a unique and interesting, I've said unique like 50 times now during this episode, but it's another case of a really unique idea that's being put on the screen because it's a ghost disguising themselves as a different ghost. It's, it's really wild. And, and I, I just, I love that concept and Busey just has the look to have that sort of macabre old timey feel that they're going for with the Johnny Bartlett being the, uh, you know, serial serial killer from a different era. Right. Well, it's such an underrated movie and people forget without this movie, there wouldn't have been Lord of the Rings. Weta was built up to make this movie. Yeah. Right. The effects aren't perfect, but they're so effective. And I don't remember seeing ghosts pushing through the walls in such a realistic, creepy way before this movie. Well, that and that was what made it so wild is the effects that they used would, uh, it made rugs and walls and everything look liquid. So the ghost was sort of moving through the environments. And it was something that we really hadn't seen before. And yes, you look at them and you're like, well, it would look better if it was made now, but it doesn't look bad by any stretch. Mm-mm. And yeah, that's a movie chock full of ghosts. I'm sure we'll end up talking about more of them. Yeah, I need to go back and see it. I haven't seen it in forever, but it's incredible. Yeah, it's great. And it's not just the effects, though. The performances are great. The story is great. Jeffrey Combs is in it as an investor. Oh, actually, the creepiest character in the movie is Jeffrey Combs character. When he's alive. Uh, Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. Any uh, any more about the Frighteners or Johnny Bartlett? Well, I know we've got more about the Frighteners probably, but Johnny Bartlett? Nah, I think we're done. All right. Well, Oz, we are back around to you. All right. Um, well, I this probably isn't going to take very long because I just started watching this, but there's a new CBS show called Ghosts. Um, it's a sitcom, and it's... Uh, this this couple inherit this house and decide to turn it into a bed and breakfast. And the woman falls down the stairs, goes into a coma. When she comes out of her coma, she can see the ghost. And there's like just this weird eclectic group of ghosts. Like there's this 80s camp counselor with an arrow through his neck. There's like this Victorian couple there's just all these different there's like this like 90s corporate guy who wears no pants. Okay, yeah. barring the 90s corporate guy, so far this sounds very much like an 80s syndicated show. Yeah, very much. Well, apparently it was a an, an English show, like a British show. That makes sense. And yeah. and I don't I can't recall the name of it there, but it they it, this is the American version much like the office, I suppose. Um but there, there's also a Viking on the show. Like I've only seen the, the the pilot episode. There's, I think there's three episodes up now. So I, I saw the synopsis of the third episode where his bones are discovered on the property, and I guess that's how he got there, uh, or why he's connected to that property. 
and they want to have a Viking. He wants to have a, a Viking funeral. He wants to be sent off properly. And then the, the couple decides that like, well, we could probably sell these bones for a lot. So hilarity and <laughs> hilarity ensues in there. But again, I'm just, I'm just now, I just only seen the pilot episode, but I, the, the, the Viking character is so like, like out of left field, but he's, he's played by um, Devin Long and he's just, it's just a great, he's a great character. And I'm just, I, again, just getting into it, but I'm, I'm already hooked. So I'm, um, I'm, as soon as we get done, I may watch the second episode. I'll have to check it out. I've I've heard a couple of people mention it now, so I'm curious. It was hysterical. The first ep- the, the pilot was was really funny. So has anybody else yeah. watched this one yet? No, no it's not it. interesting. I'd watch it. All right, Beth, what is your second ghostly pick? Well, I'm gonna up the the spooky factor a little bit. I think. And I'm going to go with my video game pick and Sai Kurosawa from Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly is terrifying. I assume Ryan is the only one who knows that game and has played it. Yep. Am I wrong? No. I, uh, no, I you, played it because it came I out, no idea it came out while I was working at GameStop. And I remember it being freaky as shit, but I can't say I remember specifics about it. It's one of my favorite series, and they're remastering one of them soon uh, that came out for the Wii U that nobody played because nobody had a Wii U. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited to check that out. It comes out like next Wii U. week. Yeah, well, we watched watch the trailer for that, and it looks but I, super unnerving. I love it's like it. it's like Pokemon Snap, but with ghosts, right? Yes, actually, if I was Pokemon going to describe it as Pokemon Snap with ghosts. But <laughs> if the Pokemon had like melting faces and wanted to eat you and shit. Ugh, I don't want yeah. that. Um, so why Psy is crazy and Fatal Frame 2 is kind of scarier to me is that there's this weird ritual they do with twins in this village and one of them has to get sacrificed to an abyss. So pro tip one, if you live in a village with an abyss to hell, move. Yeah. Don't sure. be a twin. Um, right. Psy basically chases you around the entire game because you are also one of the sort uh, you are part of a set of twins and she thinks that you're her twin. So she menaces you the entire game. If she touches you, you die instantly. Unlike the other ghosts where you take a picture of them and they disappear. She just leaves you alone for a little while. She is also wearing a faded white kimono that is completely covered in blood. And you can't actually fight her until the end. And basically she wants you to murder your sister and complete this ritual. And it's terrifying. And you fight her in the end by taking pictures of her. And the problem with that is... You have to let these ghosts get super close to your face before you can take a good enough picture to get rid of them. So she's like there throughout the game, and there's just nothing you can do about it until the end. Pretty much, yeah. That's horrible. Kind of like Mr. X from Resident Evil. Yes. Okay. X is going to give it to you. Except you don't <laughs> get a grenade launcher. There is no helpful right. character there's to throw you a camera. grenade launcher. It's just a camera. Like oh, paper no holy out. hand grenade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you can just kind of push her back with your camera. You can't really kill her until the very end. What is it and called? The Spirit Arcana or something? Or the Camera or the Obscura? The Camera Obscura. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of useless against her until right at the end. It's useful against the other ghosts, but still, you've got to let them get right in your face. And it's it's not pleasant. Real quick. Uh, so, like, when I had a 3DS, there was, like, a Fatal Frame game that came out for the 3DS. 
but it was kind of cool because it literally was like Pokemon Go. You know how you'll see the Pokemon like in your house or whatever, but it right. was like Ghost. So like nice. Yeah, like so Ghost they are. Yeah. Yeah, so you'd see like a ghost like in your kitchen, like, and you'd have to battle it. Like, it was fun as hell. That's kind of an awesome idea. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'd play that. Yeah, they should put it on the phone. Like, it would, it would right. be. A- yeah. All right, let's uh, take a quick break, and uh, be back in like five. Okay. All right. I've got his meat pocket. Oh, look at that recording. We don't want to talk about Ryan's meat pocket. Or maybe we, we do. Wait, hey, what may we we'll do? It's well, a, next episode, Ryan's meat pockets. <laughs> it's, it's a uh, it's a dumpling from PF Chang. It's not that weird. You're a you're a dumpling. You're a dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Back, back back to business in three, two, one. So we could probably spend an entire episode just talking. Oh my gosh, we really could spend a whole episode talking about video game ghosts. We could. I'm writing that down right now. That's actually... That might be a new thing. uh, Yeah, we're going to have to do... Matter of fact, that would be a really good one to do uh, if we were going to be at like a horror convention or something. That would be a good panel. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, So... Uh, any more Fatal Frame 2, uh, which I, I guess I'll go. I wasn't going to say this, but I guess I'll go ahead and say it because whatever, we're, we're all friends here. The Fatal Frame games were almost like, well, the, the, I guess they were. They were like too intense for me. No, because yeah, I was. Oh, yeah. No, I they, get it. When they were out, I was living in an apartment by myself. This is the same time period where I went and saw the ring in the theater. And when I got home, and I, this would have been. Let's see. When did the ring come out? Like 2002, maybe? Early. Early 2000, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's shit 20 years ago. Um, So, I would have been like 30, or 30, 25-ish. So, I'm a grown man. I'm old enough to have my own apartment. I got home after watching the ring, and I took the TV that was in my bedroom because it was on like a rolling cart thing and I wheeled it out into the living room. I couldn't sleep with it in the room. I was that freaked out. Full, full, full <laughs> grown a, man. You pulled a poltergeist. I was going to say, it looks like the end of the poltergeist. Well, I don't know about full grown, Dave. Well, uh, but yeah, Fatal Frame, like I remember playing whichever one I played and I do think it was two. Uh, and it was just like, well, one, it was slow, but yeah. it was fucking creepy and i was like i don't need this in my life no i i actually noped out pretty early um and i watched terry play the whole thing now i've gone back and played it myself since but at the time i was not down with the scary games and just like nope first time yeah. i encountered a ghost i was like nope done i'll I watch mean, somebody else play when when you're sitting there high as giraffe pussy at 2 a.m and all of a sudden a ghost flies out of your tv screen into your face uh you know, that's not the best feeling in the world. And, you know, the scariest part to me of the Fatal Frames games is like, like if you're like if you're walking around in a, in a house and you just like see a like a creepy looking corner and you pull up your camera and you just see like a ghost sitting there crying 
that's like not even trying to hurt you. Like you're just like, oh yeah, it's like it's still fuck that. too much. No, no I trust right. I trust Why? the ones that are trying to hurt me more. Yeah. Right. You know what fun. they want. Right. Yeah. And, and why? Yeah, you're right. Why isn't this an app? Yeah, it would be like amazing. And also, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would play that one either. It would be too much. I would play that. I would. Play All right. Uh, Ryan, you're up next. Uh, I'm gonna Spook us, say, buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna say Ooh. the voice. Uh, there's so many great ghosts in the haunted mansion, but I thought about it long and hard, and I'm only gonna do one. From the Haunted Mansion because I want to keep it keep a variety. So I'm gonna go with uh, the first voice you hear, which is the ghost host who you hear throughout most of the Haunted Mansion up until the end. Right. Um, I think that the ghost host is uh, great. He sets the whole table. Uh, he has the great speech. He says, "Of course, there's always my way." And you look up and you see him hanging there. And, and yeah, uh, I love it. I think that the voice is awesome, and I think that it really brings character to the whole ride and ties it all together. Cause otherwise it would just be a collection of scenes and like, you know, he kind of gives you a little context for what is going on. So, uh, the ghost host. Now is it care of your lap bar for you? Yes. Is it Gacy in all of the haunted mansions or did they all have different stories? There's a different story in the one in Paris. I yeah. Know that. I like, I know, I, know for, I, I think California is different too. California and Florida is the same. Okay, because like, I, yeah, I know the the houses are different. The outside's different, but the inside's basically the same. Okay, yeah, yeah I've so been it, in both, so it, it is it is basically the same. Okay, yeah, uh, the outside's different styles, but the inside's close to the same. Uh, the Perfect. Paris one's like way different. It's the Phantom Manor, and there's like a creepy phantom, and uh, it's it, there's a ghost town like Western thing. It's it's really wild. oh my gosh, it's really yeah. cool. It's it's very different. The guy that owned the haunted mansion it's tied owns into, the haunted mansion is the guy that owns the railroad, the Thunder Mountain. Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah, like all, all the ghosts them, yeah. are like the workers from Thunder Mountain Railroad. Oh wow. Yeah, it's totally different. It, the whole like the bride story is completely different. She's actually like was left at the altar instead of being like um uh black widow right she right herself she's, yeah she's altar, a jilted basically. lover was left at the altar that's the only reason i would go back to france is to go to disney paris worth it totally it's worth awesome. it uh it's small but it's worth it but yeah so uh yeah the ghost host voice is the same in the two big ones or the two in america so. okay um, yeah that's i mean obviously haunted mansion is one of the greatest things ever created by man the, uh, but yeah. but you're right. That's if you can only pick one ghost, which in general that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, although I do accept the Maitlands uh, as a choice, and you, you have to. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you're gonna pick one haunted mansion ghost, that's uh, to start anyway. That's the one you have to go with because you're right. He ties the whole thing together. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Now I, mean, I love how guys... he, I love how he goes away for a while, and then like you can almost forget about him. Then he comes back, you know, and and just he's like a tour guide, a, yeah. a ghost tour guide. It's great, a, a tour guide with ominous intent. Yes, exactly. Right. Have you guys watched Muppet Haunted Mansion yet? We were no. just talking about yeah, that. Not, not yet. yet. We're I no. want to. I'm going to. It's it's so fucking perfect. Uh, I'm not going to say any more about it since you guys haven't seen it. And since some of our listeners may not have watched it yet, uh, 
it's it's phenomenal. And I and I don't say that just because I'm friends with Kirk Thatcher who directed and wrote the whole thing. Uh, but it but it like legit is like if it sucked, I wouldn't be talking. I just wouldn't say anything about it. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 exactly what you want it to be. It's from the trailer. I knew it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna I think get to it this week. Yeah. Yeah, the trailer looks awesome. So it, yeah, it, it is. It is. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on. Or well, before we do, any more thoughts about the ghost host or haunted mansion? I haven't been on the haunted mansion since I was a kid, so I honestly don't even remember it. So that sorry. Makes me sad. I know, I'm sorry. I haven't been to Disney since I was a kid. That makes me sad. I was 12 last time I went. Well, on that note. I know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean Nicole. to bring the room down. The saddest Nicole. thing of the night. Way to go, Bess. <laughs> time for a happy ghost, Nicole. Mine is, well, it's actually a very tragic ghost, but it's yeah, kind it of doesn't a have nice to be a ghost. Um, so I'm going with Victor Pascal from Pet Cemetery. Was that on your list? Uh, he was one of my alternates. Like, because um, I had like, well, I had like Dave four. Dave crosses off. I had, well, I had like four main ones and then like three, like if those get picked. And then I had a dozen just names that I didn't even make notes for. He's in my names that I didn't make notes for. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, and I have a, a pretty long list, but I think he's really interesting. So I, I decided to to go with him as my second pick. Um, so for those that might not be familiar um, in the Stephen King book, Pet Cemetery, and also in the movie, um, the um, main character is a doctor. Uh, Lewis is a doctor at a uh, college um, infirmary, essentially. And on his like first day at work, this kid gets hit by a car like just devastated by a car right outside and um they bring him into the infirmary and he is like brutally injured and barely alive and he passes away right there uh in the care of you know and it literally they're like a infirmary i mean they give out like you know advil and like std shots and this horrible trauma traumatic injury comes in you know and he passes right in front of you know lewis the um the main character and through the rest of the movie there's this link between them because and spoilers but like the book came out in 1970 something so like reader 83 or whatever it was um so he has this like kind of link with uh the daughter ellie who has sort of like some prophetic dreams and, and some sort of like psychic inclinations, you know, and she keeps yelling about, about like Pax cow, you know? Um, and uh, cause he's trying to send warnings to Lewis to not go to the pet cemetery um, and to not like, you know, put the, the kid in there and stuff like that, uh, which of course is um, not heated but um, he plays, he's, he's a big part of the book and the movie, really. Um, right, right. But he's trying desperately to be like, this is not the way, you don't want to do this, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and uh, he tries to help, but he is very, very much ignored. Um, so I, he's, he's a, a, attempting to be a helpful ghost, but doesn't, doesn't really 
get anywhere um, until really at the end where the daughter is just screaming about this like dream that she had where he kind of appeared to her and is like, you know, daddy's doing some bad shit, uh, which actually ends up getting the mom killed. And it's a whole thing. It's a very sad story. Jesus. It's it's yeah. I mean, the book is the darkest thing ever. Yeah, it, it, it really is. is. Yeah, I, I it's that way I darker than the movie. It's, it's oh, yeah. traumatizing. Yeah. It's it's it, well, I mean, the movie is too. Uh, well, both both of the movies, I guess. The only thing left to do is to do a miniseries. Isn't that the Stephen King? The way you yeah. know, like you get a Drives movie and you get a miniseries and then you get another movie. But uh, yeah, Pascal is tremendous because he is he he again is kind of a, a double duty ghost because initially you get the, the shock value of him. Yes. But then he becomes the sort of wise companion, the, the, the one trying to prevent doom kind of like, uh, what's his name from American werewolf in London? Uh, very yeah. Similar oh, kind of thing going oh on. yeah. Right. 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 Uh, yeah, which I had thought you- about being on my list. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and you know, in the movie, he's so alarming because like the makeup on him was fantastic. Yeah. And in the book, the description of him is, you know, if, if you're a reader, it's 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 one of my favorite books of all time. Like I said, I read it for the first time. I, I was either 11 or 12 years old. And my mom very yeah. specifically said to me because I read Salem's Lot and my mom was like, OK, but don't read pet cemetery. It's way too scary for you. And so I immediately, it was almost like she was like, I'll give you $20. After Salem's lot though. Salem's lot is like, it's my favorite. Salem's lot is scary, but it's not as traumatizing as pet cemetery. Pet cemetery. I would agree. I think is, is one of the most is darkest, most traumatizing books I've ever read. Yeah. And I, I went immediately out to the library, got the book, and I mean, like, read it just at, like, as, as close to cover to cover as I could with a book yeah. that long. And it it absolutely blew my mind and simultaneously, like, fucked me up. Um, not in, like, you know, I didn't have, like, nightmares or anything, but I was just like, oh, this is way too intense for me at my personal maturity level. Um, but as a drunken 12 year old, yeah, as a drunken 12 year old. Um, but I, it's always been one of my absolute favorites and I love Pascal. I just had to, I had to throw him on this list. I was just like, he was almost my, my number one choice. Um, just because he's such a cool and interesting and significant part of that story. Uh, so oh, yeah. I gotta, gotta give a nod to old Victor, poor tragic dead Victor, who you feel like almost died because there's this whole idea in Pet Cemetery of like the spirits reaching out and kind of causing all right. of this domino effect. They to get it, it, what it seems wants. almost like they chose him as yeah. their their portent of doom. Yeah, like he died to try and stop this horrible chain of events. Yeah, because right. in every Stephen King story, there is always a force for good and a force for evil. Whatever, yes. it, it, and you know whether it's like a god and a devil thing or an entity thing or whatever, but there's always a balancing force, and you kind of feel like Victor m- may have gotten caught up in that uh, and victimized by 
yeah. the good side of the coin. Well, and that's also a recurring theme with King is the the collateral damage of the battle between good and evil. Yeah, and, and he time. seems very much to be part of that. Right, right. He's broken my heart many, many times with that. All right. I hadn't thought about how upsetting that was until just now. <laughs> no, take it, read Pet Cemetery again. I think I need a fantastic. moment. But it'll, it'll fuck your day up. Somebody yeah. bring me my kitten. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I need to pet a kitten. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh I'm gonna lighten it up a little bit. I'm gonna go back Wait to uh, my childhood. And obviously, the obviously yeah, the way, way back. Obviously, Ghostbusters was gonna come up. But I didn't, you know, I'm perfectly comfortable being the basic bitch through a lot of our music episodes and a lot of the things we do, because I feel like the voice of the common man needs to be represented. Uh, but but I, I didn't, I didn't want to go for the low hanging fruit. I wasn't going to pick Slimer. Instead, I'm going to choose a great ghost, though. Oh, great ghost. Don't get me wrong. Slimer is one of the seminal ghosts for sure, right. but I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Seminal ghost. I was gonna say. I mean, he does kind of leave <laughs> a seminal. Ghost. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, oh, I I didn't want to. I didn't want to take the easy he road. Slimed me. I wanted to go back to. It's uh, <laughs> a bukaki. Well, here we go. Bukaki. <laughs> 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 I'm leaving. Uh, Done. Oh, Beth is out. Peter, Lost can you Beth. get a sample of that? <laughs> Egon, did you sleep with it? Oh. <laughs> it seems to be pure protein. <laughs> oh, that's a nice Twinkie. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I, just peed, I, just, I might have just peed a little bit. I'm sure you did. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, now that we All got right, that Dave, out of our continue, system. Continue, please. Thank you. Please. Uh, I'm going to go back, not to the Ghostbusters movie, but to Kenner's Real, Ghost, uh, Real Ghostbusters toy line. Uh, they had a series, and, and you guys, I go ahead and just do what you got to do. They had a series called Gooper Ghosts. Gooper Ghosts? I mean, the shit writes itself. Yeah, there's nothing to say. <laughs> right. Each of these ghosts, one of the big features of the Real Ghostbusters toy line was the ectoplasm, because in the 80s, slime was huge. Masters of the Universe used it. Ghostbusters used it. Uh, toy slime was a big thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the Gooper ghosts incorporated the Ghostbusters ectoplasm into their play features. And I had a gooper ghost named Squisher that was a big orange ghost with a giant open mouth that you could put one of the real ghosts. I don't like where this is going. (laughs) You could put one of the real Ghostbusters figures into Squisher's (laughs) open mouth. And if you grabbed his little... (laughs) His little what? Little what? <laughs> if you grabbed, if you went around behind him and grabbed his, his tail, grab it? Dave, his do you tail. have to lean into it so hard? <laughs> well, now I have to. 
Um, okay, so anyway, <laughs> his, his lower jaw was attached to his tail. So if you wiggled his tail up and down, his jaw I made kind of like a biting motion. But where, the, where the slime came in is you put the slime in his head and it was on a plunger. And as you pushed the head down, it would come out of his nostrils and his mouth and drool onto the figure. Uh, and, and this was, wow. I didn't have a ton of real Ghostbusters toys because it was one of those things. I've talked about this before on the show. I, you know, GI Joe was kind of my main line at the time. And I had a few figures from other lines here and there, but like there weren't any other lines that I had everything. Like I didn't have, I, I think I had the four main Ghostbusters, this uh, squisher ghost, and maybe a couple other ghosts, and that was it. I didn't have, certainly didn't have the firehouse, or the Ecto one, or anything like that. Uh, but when I bought this, I bought it with Egon because he was the figure. Uh, well, he was my favorite Ghostbuster at the time, and he was on the box. So, which was probably the reason I bought this ghost too. Cause like that was mom was like, well, you can get a ghostbuster and a ghost and that's, you know, that's, that's all you get. So that's what I got. Uh, and he came with a can of the ectoplasm and it, the, he worked like it was a great toy. Everything did worked like it was supposed to work. Uh, very memorable, weird ghost. And like most of the ghosts in the toy line, uh, it didn't, it wasn't in the show. Like the real, real ghostbusters, cartoon only a couple of things from the cartoon made their way to the toy line they were almost like two completely different things oh they didn't have the one where you pull on his tail until uh ooze comes out and covers his friend they didn't have that one in the show (sighs) no (laughs) that wasn't in the show i mean i i I thought i might have missed that episode was the toilet ghost in the show no Okay. Unfortunately, no. Yeah, because that, that's no, where we're going. And, and actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know that any of the ghost figures were in the show other than Slimer. But even the Slimer figure was like fucking giant. Like he was as yeah. big as the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, and then the Stay Puffed w- was, he made an appearance on the show too. But like most of the toys were just from the minds of whoever was designing the toys at the time, which is cool. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it was always weird to me that Egon and that show, well, all of them look like so different. Like, it was always strange to me. I don't know what made him come to that conclusion of like Egon with blonde hair. Well, Egon in particular, like, he's the weirdest yeah. one because the blonde yeah. hair with the big cone the early, on the front yeah. of the Pompadour really or whatever. Yeah. Pompadour right, right. and the rat tail. Yeah. What a combo that is. Yeah, it's like he had one on each side. Yeah. Peter, yeah, right. Peter Ray, and Winston weren't. That, I mean, obviously their coveralls were different, but like visually, they they passed for animation yeah. versions of the actors. But yeah, Egon was super weird. Yeah, do you remember that Ghostbusters cartoon with the fucking gorilla? Yeah, of course, Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. That was the filmation one. Yeah, that was, and and the reason that existed is because filmation had a live action version of that that was called Ghostbusters. Yep. And Sony had to license Ghostbusters from them. And that's why the the real Ghostbusters had to use the real. And then Filmation's Ghostbusters was just Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, right. With with a ghost I considered uh, putting on my list, but maybe I'll save it for another year. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching that and liking it, but also just being like, what the hell? (laughs) It's... 
I I didn't like it at the time. I like the ideas. I like the characters, but it's very much a latter day filmation cartoon. Yeah, they reuse so much of the animation and like, uh, it, it just looks cheap. Yeah, for sure. Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. Uh, but but I do love some of the characters and stuff, and I, I if I ever had the opportunity to like just collect that toy line, I probably would. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, uh, let's see where are we at. Do we want to go through and do one more round? I mean, I have one more. Why don't, we, why don't we do a speed round? All right, let's do a speed round to wrap this thing up. Uh, all right. Oz, what is your well, speed round? I don't know if I can do mine quickly, but I'll try. And mine... I've my, heard that before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey. Mine, I mean, it, 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 mine goes back to, like, if you believe in ghosts. Because I, I picked Lavinia Fisher, who I think I've talked to y'all about before. She was the, world, she was the first um, American uh, female serial killer. And um, in in Charleston, she was uh, she was uh, incarcerated at the old city jail downtown. And I've I've felt her like I've been to the old city jail and she's still there. Is she Um, like a local like is she like popular locally in your area? Yeah, no, yeah. Areas have like their ghosts. She was actually her. Yeah, her and her husband, John, were. um they were convicted and hanged for um, highway robbery, nice. which was at the time was an, a, a capital offense in the uh, early 18, 1800s. Um, so she was never convicted of, of murder, although she's now, you know, they, they, they think she killed several uh, because she, what, what the legend kind of is, is she, she worked at a, at a, at a, a a wayside, um, what, what the hell is the name of it? The Six Mile Wayfair Hotel. And um, she, they, travelers would come and she would give them poison tea. And then there, there's all kind of like, again, urban legends, like there was a, they would sleep on the bed, they would, they would pass out, they would pull a lever, the bed would fall into a pit with spikes and kill them. That, that's, that has not, none of that has been proven. But um, but she did. They did rob these people. They they would drug them and rob them. And that, again, that's why they were both hanged. And I, I have to tell you, at the old city jail, the, the method of hanging was kind of like a hanging trebuchet. Right. So you had you put the, you put the rope. You put the rope around the uh, neck and there was a there was a weight at the other end. So depending on how much you weighed, you would either like you would either just choke to death. But there were a number of people whose heads just popped right off Oh God! because they released they released the lever and the weight (laughs) dropped and it just yanked your head off. Oh, my gosh. It's fucking brutal. Yeah, it's horrible. Let's make a picnic lunch and go watch someone get their fucking head ripped off, honey. This is a nice Sunday. I don't know. I can (laughs) think of some people I'd probably go check that out right <laughs> but any they were both they were both hanged at the, at the jail for for highway robbery but she um i've been there and and i did a survey there and and i she's there she's still there i mean lavinia fisher uh, to me is a real ghost 
I went there too. I didn't see or feel anything, but also it was broad daylight and there were a bunch of other people there. Right. So I don't know if that yeah, makes it, a difference. It, I mean, it's hard as fuck. I mean, there a lot of people died there in horrible ways. Yeah, I remember reading the plaques and going, oh God, this place is awful. I don't want to be yeah. here right now. Right. All right, that's mine. Well, that's solid. That's solid. Beth, do you have a speed round pick? I do. I was back and forth. And I think for speed round, I'm going to have to go with, um, can I choose a whole boat full of ghosts? Is the, is the boat a ghost? <laughs> it is a ghostly boat filled is with ghosts. the movie, the classic 1991 film, Ghost Boat? No. Is it, ghost is boat. it from the, the classic 1999 film, Ghost Ship? Yeah. No. What? I don't know if that was 99 or not. I just it's a ghost vessel. I, I fucking love that movie. Vessel. Ghost vessel. It is a good movie. I actually <laughs> didn't think of that when I was thinking of The Fog. Oh, nice. Oh, the original that's Fog. A, that's, a, that's a ghost ship. It's I a ghost ship. ship I, is a, I the ship it, is a ghost. The ship is a ghost, and yeah. it's filled with yeah, other yeah. ghosts. Um, I don't know what's scarier in that movie, uh, the ghosts or Adrian Barbeau's Afro mullet. <laughs> she cultivated is... that thing through the years. Oh wow. That's a, she, that's a signature. She did good work on yeah. that. Whoever yeah. her hairdresser was should be proud. Yeah. But um it's actually kind of a sad one because there was a boat full of lepers seeking to start a colony and and the townspeople were like, mm, "No, not around our house, you won't." So they burned the boat boat to the ground and killed them and took all their gold and made their town better. So they kind of deserve what's coming to them. I mean, not the people in the modern day. Sure, the sure. Really, the ghosts really should have sought vengeance at the time. The, the ghosts' motivations are understandable. Right. They've, yeah. they've got good reason. I really, really like this movie. It's it's a John Carpenter. It's got Jamie Lee Curtis. It's got Janet Lee. It's got Hal Holbrook. It's an excellent movie. The remake sucks. I didn't uh, used to like it, Uh but I bought it a, a year or two ago when Shout Factory did their release. And I was like, holy shit, why didn't I like this movie? It's great. It's awesome. I was hoping you were going to mention the Ghost Galleon from the Blind Dead movies. I thought about <laughs> it, but I felt like a speed round thing. That would be too much to explain. Sure, sure. We, could, we could barely even scratch the surface of the overdone Foley effects. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> way too much. Excellent choice. I love it. Ryan. Speed round. Speed round uh, Angry Princess from 13th Ghost for reasons. I don't know. Which one is the Angry Princess? Uh, the the one with the uh, big tracks of land. Huge. Oh, right, right, right. Oh. I almost did a 13th Ghost Ghost. Gotcha. They're all great. Yeah, they're all, I mean, really like 13 Ghosts. Like, I they're all pretty them. scary. Like, yeah, they're all terrifying. Yeah, I like that movie. You just picked the one with the big tits? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Right? <laughs> uh, Nicole. I've been going back and forth through the rest of my list, but I'm going to go with Tomas from the Orphanage. Um, if you, and, and I know this is a speed round, so I'll try to keep it brief. If you have not seen the Orphanage, it is one of the scariest movies that i have seen in the last i don't know it's yeah i've not seen it probably 15 years now but is it is it produced by guillermo del toro or did he actually direct it i think he's a producer he did not direct it yeah he didn't direct it quite a bit 
Uh, and I can't, I, I didn't write it down, but I can't remember the director's name. It's okay. It's uh, the speed round. Yeah, exactly. Speed round. Uh, but short version is he's a little boy with a sack on his head, a ghost in this orphanage. Um, this woman buys her childhood orphanage. She goes back there. Uh, she's got her son. Her son very quickly disappears. And it's this whole like ghost story where she thinks that the ghosts have taken him. Um, I don't even really want to spoil it, honestly. No, no, don't. Because if people haven't seen it, they need to see it. It's I've, so I've seen good. it. I remember liking it. It's so it's scary. Yeah. And it will stay. I'm, I don't even want to. It will stay with you. Watch it and then message me. And we and like whoever you are listening, watch the orphanage and message me so we can talk about it. It's absolutely fantastic. Amazing movie. I'm going to do exactly that. Movie. I'm yeah. thinking of the wrong kid. I'm thinking of the kid from Devil's Backbone. Okay, so the the orphanage was hugely inspired by Devil's Backbone. Okay, um, but it's uh, it's wonderful. It's really really good ghost story. Um, and watch it and then message me after you're done at the end <laughs> after you, after you're like. Mm. it's really good i don't want to give too much away it's so i'm gonna watch it and message you yeah it's at least 10 years old probably 15 years old at this point um and it's in uh it's a spanish movie um but it's it's so good be ready for subtitles yeah but don't so, watch a dub so dubs are bad. Caramba. Dubs yeah, read are the bad subtitles read the subtitles please subtitles only all right, uh, I'm going to wrap it up with, uh, shockingly, another toy ghost. Uh, I'm going to choose the evil ghost of Skeletor, Scareglow, who I didn't even know was a thing until like 2009 because I, he I came still out, don't know that's a thing, Dave. He came out way late in the original Masters of the Universe line. I'd never seen the figure before in my life. Uh, and then the classics line started and did it with a scare glow figure. And I was like, it's a glow in the dark skeleton with a purple Cape. I have to have this figure. And now I, I adore this character. Uh, there's still ambiguity as to what the hell evil ghost of Skeletor means. But if you look at it, Faker is the evil robot of Skeletor, meaning Skeletor owns him. So it's not like it's a robot of Skeletor or a ghost of Skeletor. They just had really weird grammar in the uh, promotional stuff of Masters Universe in the 80s. Uh, but Scareglow is awesome. He's Any glow-in-the-dark toy is great, but he's a skeleton with a purple cape and a big freaking scythe. He's yeah, he's one of the coolest-looking like Masters figures, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And he's a cheapo. Shocking. I thought you were going to say Shocker, because that was on my list as well. <laughs> oh, Horace Pinker. Yes. He's awesome. He's great. We've got we've got plenty of ghosts left over for another future episode, uh, which I think leaves us in a great place to determine from those we have identified tonight who is truly the ghost with the most. Oh, I see this. This is a twist. I didn't know this we, was coming. We are going to go back to Oz. We need your vote from those we have chosen. Who's the ghost with the most? Do you want me to read the list? I kind of need you to read the list, every, Dave. I've been everybody, drinking. Everybody listen and think about your choices. Uh, 
Casper, Nearly Headless Nick, Beetlejuice, Candyman, Johnny Bartlett, uh, The Viking from CBS's Ghosts. I'm, I'm pretty sure that one's going to win this whole thing. <laughs> uh, was it Sai Kurosawa from Fatal Frame 2? Hey, Fatal you know Frame... what, you know what, Dave? I can stop you right there. Oh, okay. I can stop you right there. Okay. For me, Beetlejuice. All right. Beetlejuice. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Times. Right. Stop it. Us. And don't uh, say right. Candyman anymore either. We got to be at four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shit, you're right. Beth, uh, do you need the list again? I do not. Please don't say some of those names again. Um, I don't need any hauntings. I've got cats. That's enough. Um, I am going to pick Johnny Bartlett. All right. I see. That's solid. All right. Fucking love the Frighteners. Uh, I know it's my pick, so it's kind of bullshit, but I really do think. No, that that's fine. I think Beetlejuice is is by far. Ma, 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 ma. Oh, Lord. Boo, boo, boo. Uh, Nicole. Just to be contrarian, I'm going to say Candyman because it was my pick. Well, now your house is going to be haunted by him, so I hope you like him a lot. Fuck. Yeah, that was <laughs> All right. And uh, I am going to go with Beetlejuice. I, I think he's not only is the tagline ghost with the most, but I think out of what we discussed, and don't get me wrong, we discussed some great noteworthy specters here tonight, but you go up to anybody on the street and give them this list. I think they're going to pick Beetlejuice. And I think that alone stands and says something about his pop culture notoriety about the longevity of the character. Uh, Beetlejuice uh, three to two is the ghost with the most three votes for Beetlejuice. That's Beetlejuice. 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 Now you guys are double haunted. fun. Yep. All right. Now, before we go, where are you online? What are you up to? Where can we find you? Uh, Beth, why don't you start this? I am co-host of the Execute Chapter 66 podcast, where we talk about Star Wars books. And you'll be able to find me in the next couple of weeks all over the place, apparently talking about Nightmare on Elm Street movies. You are the resident Nightmare on Elm Street expert. Apparently. Who knew? Renowned. I didn't even know that. Oz, where can we find you online? What are you doing? Um, I I don't know what I'm doing, Dave. I never <laughs> know what I'm doing. You're, I'm, pee- you're peeing a little bit. I, I did pee a little bit. I um I you know what? I'm Charles Oz Dillman on Facebook. I'm Oz Dillman on Instagram. Beyond that, whatever. Yeah. And uh cadavers. Hit us uh, with yeah. your ghostly rhythm stick. Yeah, uh, cast creatures playing like all over the damn place. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, just just look it up because like by the time you hear this, oh, you haven't it. played in Charleston yet. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. that's know. in Charleston's one of the the spooky capitals of the world. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So tin you roof. Guys, I'm telling you, tin roof. It's like Charleston, Saint Augustine, and Silent Hill. That's did, it. did you know Charleston is named after Charles Oz Dillman? I did, yeah. A lot yeah, of people don't fact. know that, Dave. He, he founded fact. the town uh, mm-hmm. back in 1821. <laughs> uh, 
Not even his ancestors. You guys, yeah, <laughs> no, it, was, it was him. You know what? Oz is my favorite ghost. Uh, uh, you guys are playing uh, tomorrow night to to the listeners, October thirtieth at Sweetwater. Is that right? Tomorrow is not October thirtieth, Dave. <laughs> Quiet yeah, like, eyes, don't spoil the illusion. Yes, you're absolutely <laughs> Did right. I miss um, and it's our Halloween party that we do every year. So dress up, and and uh, you can win a prize. And uh, it's gonna be a lot of kick-ass rock and roll. So it's gonna be fun. I will be uh, there dressed as sexy Gizmo. Hell yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, also uh, check out Neon Warlords. Uh, we got new yes. songs to drop, so the shit's badass. Awesome. Well, thank it you guys. Is, it for, is badass, uh, listeners. It's badass. I mean, if you need the the opinion of the founder of Charleston, then there it is. <laughs> Who doesn't? You guys, thank you for sitting down and talking about ghosts. Happy Halloween to everybody. Is this meeting ending? Do we have to vote on it? No, it is. Oh. <laughs> As always, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the Needless Things podcast. Thank you for tuning in uh, every week. If you do, thanks for hanging out with us throughout the spooky season. Happy Halloween to everyone. I don't know exactly what our plans are for the weekend. Uh, I took Saturday and Sunday off from work because I'm not going to work on Halloween if I don't have to. And uh, we're just going to hang out, watch some spooky movies, figure out... I don't know what exactly I have to work Friday night. It is my last. Oh, I've been on. This is something I forgot to mention. For the first time in, well, since last Christmas Day, uh, I've been working nights for the past couple of weeks. And it's it's been, I hate nights because I don't like not being with my family and not being like part of the world overnight. But the shifts. Well, first of all, when you work nights, we're in cubicles, so we don't interact with our coworkers hardly at all, and I really like that. Uh, but also, there's just less work uh, to do. The shifts go by much more easily. So, uh, because anybody who tells you, I'd rather be busy for a 12-hour shift is an idiot. Uh, so I've been on nights, and it's been kind of nice, but I'm ready to get back on days. So Friday uh, is my last night shift hopefully forever and I go back on days and everything gets back to normal schedule wise so work schedule will be back to normal shift rotation will be back to normal Uh, I'm going to get back on track with working out and with my eating because I've been a big old slob in October and that's okay because sometimes you need to do that Uh, but November 1st everything gets back on track Uh, and and, uh, that's good I'm glad Happy Halloween, everyone. Have some fun. Tune in next month for turkey business all month long. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.